until that one guy that got into a car accident because he was staring at my car window, staring at me driving. I hope you're okay. Hope your family's okay. And I hope you listen to this one day or your kids listen to this. If you told them why you got into a car accident because you weren't paying attention and you let your foot off the gas, me off the brake, you hit that car in front of you. I hope that you're okay and that you know that I'm not the little gremlin that you looked at me like because you, you definitely made me made me really sad that day, the way you judged me and the way you were just like nosy in my car. I just felt like someone was staring at me and I looked at you back and then I realized that you were staring at me and then I watched you like pay so close attention by giving me a frowny face because I was driving next to you, beside you, as if I didn't deserve to be there. And you let your foot off the off the brake and you hit that car, that really, really nice Nissan car in front of you. Um, I hope you're okay. I hope your family's okay. And I hope you've learned from that. Because I definitely learned a lot about that experience. But I'm beautiful in my own way. Regardless of my of my health conditions and how it negatively impacts my mental health. And how it negatively impacts my relationships and how I navigate life. Doesn't stop me from being the best version that I want to be. That I think God wants me to be. Hey admirers, you're now listening to the Admirers Conversations from the Healing Hearts podcast. A show about self-care, healing, and the topics regarding mental health. Because it's okay to not be okay most of the time. My name is Joshua Dixon, and I'm the founder and designer of AdmireWear. I'm just a hurt person that uses my tears from my pains to help heal others. Together, we can find purpose in fighting for tomorrow's light. Note that this is a safe place where each episode we will be talking about certain topics that are often hard to discuss, such as depression, anxiety, ableism, self-harm, suicide, addiction, healing, hope, and the help that is available to us. I will be sharing stories, poems, and self-care guides to help in our journey together towards healing, recovery, and obtaining hope for tomorrow. Hey, Healing Hearts. It's crazy to believe that I've been doing this for a month now. Today makes a month since my very first episode. And I just thank you all for the continuous love and support. But also for those who have motivated me to even do this, to start this. And I was like, eh, not really sure if I should start a podcast. But um, I'm forever thankful for it because I'm allowed to create longer conversations than I can upload on TikTok and Instagram. And I could have just a more of a kind of one-on-one conversation with you. I can't wait until one day I can like have another guest be here besides it just being me. But it's all, it's all due to, due to come. Adam asked me, how much physical pain are you in each day? I'm in 10 out of 10 pain from an accident years ago. Adam, first thing I have to say is, what accident did you go through years ago? And I'm sorry that you had to go through that accident that's causing you pain 
every single day and it's interfering with how you live life and how others may see you. I do live with physical pain each day. Um, I think it it's different. Um, there's a different kind of pain I experience throughout the day each day. But I definitely can relate to the fact that sometimes that pain, even though it's been 15 years since the accident, that pain just comes back. Like, um, my left eye isn't fully at 100%. It, it like created this scab over over the cornea. So let me let me take a step back. Um, when I was eight years old, I was attacked by two pit bulls. I lost eighty percent of my face. I lost both ears, and I lost my upper and lower eyelids, my left eye, and I also took a dog bite to my left cornea. So there was a there's a huge gash that was there on my left cornea. That's now kind of just scabbed up, and that's why I'm not able to really see fully out of it. Like I see like blurry shapes and like colors out of that eye, but I can't use it for everyday functions. So I'm only using my right eye to live everyday life. And I would definitely tell you, going from binocular vision, binocular means two eyes. Um, monocular vision is one eye using one eye to perceive perception, which makes perception kind of relatively flat. I don't see perce- I don't see pers- uh, perspective and scale how the next person does. I don't see lines the same way that someone else does. My brain interprets it differently because of not having the left eye to kind of correct anything that may not seem. I'm there, so I have a lack of in uh, of in depth perception. And actually, let me look that up. Uh, lack of in depth perception. If you do not have depth perception, you wouldn't be able to discern objects, depths, widths, and lengths. You couldn't even perceive how far something was. Take a look at the world without depth perception by walking around a few moments with one of your eyes covered. Huh, okay. Um, well, okay, you know, I'm just reading these off of Google. Um, but yeah, I have a lack of depth perception. And I definitely can say that I can't really tell the scale of certain things. Like... Uh, I was looking, I was thinking about a drawing, how realistic drawings have like a bit of pointillism. They have like a kind of point where like everything kind of come in and um, like the trees get smaller, buildings get smaller. I don't really see that in real life. Not like the person that drew that drawing. Um, And even when I took drawing in college, it was a real struggle for me to draw perception. To, to draw perspectives that I actually, my brain doesn't see. But in terms of my left eye, with my left eye being torn, and the reason why I've kept my left eye all of these years without getting it removed is because I still have hope. I still have hope in my left eye. They said that my cornea is torn and that it won't be able to refractor and focus light how it's supposed to so that I can produce a clear image. It, 
it um it it has tear ducts. They're not crazy functioning, but they're a torn tear duct, so it does keep itself moistured. But because I have no eyelid, the moisture just seeps on out. So that's why I wear the plastic patch on top of my eye and I change it a couple of times a day, every single day for the past 15 years. And I will continue to do that until um, eye technology get better enough for me to have a successful eyelid transplant and then eventually work my way up to having a cornea transplant that should survive and I'll hopefully be able to use my eye back again, at least 80% of it. Uh, I don't expect this to get back to 100%, but I would like to use a lot more than what I use today. That eye, I, I consider it having a mind of its own. It gives me headaches. It is sensitive to light. Um, sometimes it has infections. Um, sometimes it rubs itself the wrong way inside of my eye socket. So it scratches itself and makes itself irritated. And when my left eye is hurting, my right eye closes because it wants to cry. And the left eye wants to cry. So they both still work together, even though I use them both separately. And with the left eye being damaged and and it's always healing, just like my heart, it's always healing, just like your heart is always healing. That eye is always healing and damaging in itself and being damaged by its environment just like us humans. And um, people be like, well, if you have that many issues with it, just get it removed. Well, you get your eye removed. How does that make you feel? If you went blind, if you went slightly blind in one eye, one eye, you had a chance of potentially regaining vision and regaining the usability in that eye, would you wait? Would you deal with it? Let me know if you actually get rid of your eye, if there is a, a, a huge chance of you getting, getting that eye better. More than likely, I would expect you to say, no, you would keep the eye. You, you wouldn't get it removed if there was hope. If there wasn't hope if I was totally 100% blind in that eye and the globe and the eye globes damaged. They don't call it eyeballs. They call it eye globes. It's a globe. Um, if the if the globe was damaged, then yeah, I'll get it removed and I would carry on with my life. But my globe is like 100% intact. It's been healing itself, but the cornea is just torn and it's not able to see light the same way that my right eye can. My right eye can adjust to light, be able to open and close my iris to let in light and to be able to refractor it properly. But my left eye isn't able to do that. So my left eye gives me a lot of pain. It does give me daily headaches. Sometimes um bright lights when um, I'm driving and people put on their brights. Sometimes they hurt. So I have to make sure that I blink. And and it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone to know that I can be in those and I could be in those those environments where my left eye may undergo a lot of light and or may undergo some stress. And how can I still use my right eye without my right eye closing up? And trying to cry because my left eye is in pain. It's hard. It's taken me 15 years and I'm still like working around a lot of it. I still walk into corners time to time. I still walk into people on my left side. I have to turn my head a lot more um, when I'm driving. But you know, these are all 
just limitations that as long as I know what they are, I can do the best that I can to overcome them. The other pain that I have on a daily basis is um, I have permanent stitches and permanent staples, and I have even a, a chain in my face. Like, kind of like a, not a keychain. I guess, like, think of some sort of chain that you would have for, I guess, your clothing that you would, like, have on, like, one belt buckle to, like, the next belt latch type of thing, kind of like a gothic chain. I have, like, a tiny one of those, like, permanently in my face. And, um... The chain doesn't necessarily hurt, but some days if my face gets really itchy on the left side, like internally itchy, and sometimes I guess like a muscle or a blood vessel is moving past like a staple or a stitch and it might get really tight. And then now that part, that segment really hurts. It hurts a lot. I just rub it and massage the area rather than picking at it. And usually the pain kind of simmers down to where I can manage it. All of the pain that I'm describing may be a lot for one person. Since I've been dealing with it for so long, it's not really a 10 out of 10 for me. I would definitely say that I get really annoyed. So it's like a four, maybe a six sometimes. My left eye can get a 10 out of 10 though. I would definitely say my left eye definitely gets me... um, just just gets me really kind of down for the day. Like my left eye is being um is having a real massive headache. And I, I'm I'm like unable to really enjoy life that day. I have to go lay down in the dark. Even if I put an eye patch on it, it doesn't like the fact that my right eye is moving. Cause my my right eye moves, the left eye moves. And so it's just like it's having a bad day. It doesn't want to move at all. So that, which means I shouldn't be moving my eyes. So I just go lay down, put my head on the pillow for a couple of hours and just kind of just like meditate in peace. I don't be, I, it hurts about too bad sometimes to go to sleep. So I just lay there for like hours in the dark, like with a pillow over my head. Um, Just think about life. Good thoughts and sometimes not so friendly thoughts. But um, I try my best. I really do. And um, with the staples and the the chain that's in my face, it does bother me sometimes. Um, Makes it hurt sometimes to smile. It makes it hurt sometimes to try to make like a, I guess like a, a sad face or a concerned face. Um, speaking of facial reactions, when I first had the accident, I was unable to make any facial reaction because all of the, we have like, I think it's 13 muscles. Let me, let me double check. We have upwards to 30. Okay. Well, this is from Google. The human face possesses over two dozen individual muscles on each side, upwards to 30. Depending on how they are counted, the facial muscles are um, (laughs) 
me me see if I can. The facial muscles are striated. I mean, the facial muscles are striated striated muscles that link the skin of the face to the bone of the skull to perform important functions for daily life, including mastification and expressions of emotions. I'm missing a lot of these muscles, um, a lot of these muscles. And uh, my doctor said that really the only ones I had left were like in my forehead because I was so young. Um, they weren't as strong as they supposed to be. But I lost all of the ones in my cheeks, both sides. And um, I only had like a little bit of the one that um, a little bit left on my right side to kind of help me with a smile. But I had to learn how to smile again, which is that sounds hard, but it was really, really hard. Um, they took a muscle and vein from my arm and put it into my face. They also took several nerves from the top of my head, brought them down to my face. In a way that you reprogram the brain to use these muscles and new nerves in these areas where nerves and muscles were pre-existing, but not, but not there, they have to kind of like reattach to your nervous system to be used as such for those expressions. And so what I would have to do is I would have to whip my face in water use this thing we call a bumblebee. And bumblebee is not fun. It's basically a taser for your face without getting like you, you don't see the little zap. It uses electric shock to kind of like zap the muscles and the conductivity of the water to shock the muscles, to shock the muscles, to, to, to kind of like force them to connect to the nervous system so that they can be programmed to the facial expression that I'm trying to do while I'm zapping my own face. So while we were zapping my face for 30 minutes at a time, sometimes longer than that, I had to keep smiling and then like keep trying to like force a smile, like think about a smile and force a smile and zap the muscle while I'm trying to smile so that it can try to learn how to smile and then I'll relax my face and then we'll do it again. We did that for like five years. And every time that, I, that my, every time that I got used to the pain of the bumblebee, we had to go up a notch because it's no longer affecting the muscle once I get used to it. So I had to keep going up a notch. So I ended up going up to like the max notch by the time I had, I didn't have to use it anymore, but it, my muscles wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better by that point. And I was able to smile and kind of frown, but it's still taking me years. Even up to this day, I have to like force myself to like overly practice and do reactions sometimes just so I can be able to make facial reactions rather than people being uh, misunderstood by how I'm reacting to certain, I guess, conflicts or subjects or even um, expressions. So they won't be like, oh, I guess he didn't find that funny because he's not smiling or he's not happy. So I've worked really, really hard to be able to make like the frowny face, sad face, happy face, um, suspicious face, and a few others. It's like kind of like 
raising my eyebrows, even though I only have one eyebrow. Um, and that was a really painful experience. And sometimes when that muscle moves too fast, the new one that's in my face on the left side, um, I can feel it really like it, it like kind of hurts pass through that area. But I do love smiling. I love to be able to smile. And if you can't tell I'm like smiling right now, I truly, truly appreciate being able to smile now and being able to be around people who make me smile and to do what I do here. That also makes me smile each and every day that I'm here. And um, something else that makes me it gives me pain is my ears. My ears are prosthetic ears and they connect to my skull via two bars, um, a bar on each side. There's um two long um posts slash screws that go onto my head on, on both sides that holds the bar in place so that my ears can snap on and snap off. My ears are highly sensitive to sound, um, but I do have some issues with locating sound sometimes on locating the direction of where it's coming from but like my ears are hypersensitive to like high frequencies so like if someone's like i guess clanking something and gets metal it ricochets off my ears and the metal that's used well it's not metal well yes in a way it is um my the my ears don't use metal, they use gold. They use 24 karat gold because gold doesn't rust like titanium kind of does eventually. And it and it's easier to work with. Um and it's easier for it to kind of maneuver itself while it's on my skull. In case like I grew, so I did so I grew a little bit from time I was a kid to now when I first got my implants and um, it was made for all of that. Like, yeah, all of that was in mind when they were made. That was a really painful surgery too to get those implanted into my head and it was totally worth it. I'll do it again to have ears. I love having my ears. I do not like not, I do not wear my ears. Like I do not go out in public without wearing ears. You will never catch me in public with out wearing ears i am so i would walk outside with ears before i walk outside with shoes on that's how like that's the first thing that i grab in the morning is putting my ears on because i feel so insecure when people who aren't used to my condition or or not around me often like i'm so i feel so insecure when i don't wear my ears because I've been told that I'm less than of a human without ears and without the stuff that I do have. So I love having my ears. They give me a confidence boost. I am very proud to have ears and to be able to have, um, they were 3D modeled from my mom's ears. So I'm proud of that as well. But they do give me pain. Sometimes the area where, they've, um, where they were implanted into my head, permanently there, they will there these um those screws will be there for the rest of my life. Um permanently bounded to my skull. Sometimes they give me headaches. Sometimes I get like massive migraines from them. But it's not often it's not as much it's not as often as the staples and stitches in my face that like makes my face hurt. 
And the last thing that I kind of want to address before, like, I know I've been going in a lot of different places, but there are things that cause me a bit of discomfort on my daily life. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take this quick pause to tell you guys about Admirewear and this journey. Admirewear is a love-based lifestyle brand and community that focuses on mental health awareness and suicide prevention. It's a place where you can feel safe. The founder, which is me, Joshua Dixon, I built this brand after my second suicide attempt. I wanted to show people how to love and how to admire themselves. I wanted to create something to create products for people, something that can hug them on days where they don't love themselves, on days where they may not have hope. And chapter part of their stories or part of their chapters where they feel like they don't belong in this world. Because I know that all too well. I know what it's like to live each and every day in misery and to feel like you're just existing in this world but not even being alive. I want to help people not feel alone anymore. I want to help save lives and end the stigma regarding mental health. I want to be able to create conversations that we're not having enough of. And here at where I fight for that change each and every day through the different ways that we, that I impact this world, not only by creating this podcast, but also the thousands of products that I've shipped worldwide to admirers homes, to people like me who are also struggling or supporting someone who is struggling. We all can learn from each other and we can't live without each other. We need that community support and belongingness. We need you here. And if you want to learn more about Admirer's journey and my story, then you can go to admirer.com or the links in the description to learn more about us and shop our products and our t-shirts that not only give back to your journey, that provide such a meaningful impact to your life to let you know that your story is far from over. But it all I also donate 15% of all of my proceeds to mental health charities to help them help save lives like mine and yours. And let's get back to it. I have two last conditions that affect me daily. If I touch a certain part of my face, the left part of my face, typically the upper left part of my face. I don't have a lot of sensitivity there. Like if you pinch me there, if I got like hit on that side, if I've got really cold and got nearly frostbite on the side, I actually don't feel it. And if I do feel it, like it's very minimum, like not even enough to like make me say ow. But something about that area is I get a bit of phantom pain. When I, when someone touches that side of my face or that side of my face gets touched in a particular manner, even by myself, I have flashbacks to the accident of the dogs, like taking that side of my face off. Like I can feel like in that moment, I can feel the teeth. I can feel the bite. I can feel the like chomp that like scrape a part of my skull. I feel that. And I'm sorry that that sounds gruesome. That sounds very horrific. But 
that's, I guess, the best way that I can explain it is like when I touch that area, I can feel everything that occurred in that spot, at least like for one to two split seconds. I feel the whole initial attack. And like, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, I guess that my, that side of my head has that type of like trauma related memory, kind of like phantom pain. And I have to acknowledge that like, I'm safe, that I'm okay, that I'm, this is just a PTSD episode. This is not something that's real. It's real to me because it's a condition that I deal with, but it's not real in reality. This this flashback that I'm having is not going on currently. It's just a memory that's being triggered by a sort of reactive condition that's connected to the trauma that I've endured. And I try to be gentle with myself. I try to be gentle with my face. And I've, I've touched that side of my face so much that like I'm confused to them. But they still catch me off guard and make me really sad sometimes when I feel that bite in the side of my face. Because it does feel real. All of those nerves that have been lost just feels like they activate for that second. And they feel like they're being ripped out all over again. Trauma is hard. 15 years later and I got many more years to go but I I've always thought about mortality my own mortality I've almost died a few times um if you listen to one of my previous episodes I've talked about how I almost died on the operating table and my and um my dad told me that I should have died that it would make their my mom's and my dad's life better Please don't shit on my dad. Um, my dad is just a hurt person that hurts other people. And that's just how he deals with his trauma. Well, I'm a hurt person who uses my pain and what and my adversity to heal others. So we see I we don't see eye to eye on life, and we agree to disagree on nearly everything, and we are cool with that. But um. I think about mortality a lot and how at 23, I deal with this kind of issues that can potentially get worse as I get older, but I'm willing to take that chance to make sure that I, if something did happen to me, that I would die trying rather than dying, not trying. I would hate dying and not trying to keep fighting. And that's why I've survived my two suicide attempts because I wanted to die trying one day rather than die in that moment and know that I didn't try hard enough, even though I know that it was like everything is against me, but I can continue trying and eventually find that light. Each and every day, I thank God for waking me up because I don't know if I'm going to wake up. I think about that. I've been honest about that all of these years with loved ones, with more with my with my relationship with my partner, with my ex partner. Um, I've been honest about that. Like I, 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 I thank God for allowing me to have a great day and to 
I live each day as if my, it's my last day. I live the next day with with grace. I'm like, I wake up every morning and I tell him I thank I say I thank you. I thank you for giving me the strength to to do something different and to be better than I was yesterday. And I pray that you give me sight and you give me vision and clarity for tomorrow. Today, um, today is Monday. March 13th, um, I had a, like a, a mini kind of like breathing episode earlier where my breathing felt so shallow that I felt like my, my body, like I felt like my lungs were kind of tight that I was kind of like on, like about to have an anxiety attack, but not exactly having one yet. And I just felt like my, my my oxygen levels was just really low. Like I just felt low on air. Like I felt like I wasn't getting enough air to my body. I don't know how to really explain it, but if someone has it, like asthma or has bronchitis or has a breathing related problem, you kind of know what I'm talking about. What I did is I laid down for 30 minutes and I gave, um, I did a deep breathing meditation and that helped me calm down and kind of like, force a lot of air into my body and kind of like rest my muscles rather than deep breathing while I'm exercising, which means I'm exerting the oxygen that I'm putting in. I just laid down for 30 minutes and just sucked up a lot of oxygen and um, recollected my mind and cleared my mind and just focused on my breath and feeling, trying to get my body to be ready for what I wanted to do. And this happens where I feel out of breath or very, very short on breath. And I feel like I don't have enough air. But I I keep trying. And um, it isn't perfect. But it's enough to get me through my difficulties. I have breathing problems. I can't breathe through my nose properly. My nose is partially disintegrated on the inside. My nose is really flat if you look at me sideways. Um, and partially, a lot of that it's from when uh, when my nose is being made is uh, my nose is man-made and not God-made. So which means the doctor made my nose and I would prefer my nose over a prosthetic nose any day. Um, because if I had a chance to make a nose for me and I have the the body to sacrifice for it, hell yeah, let's do it. I'll sacrifice any part of my body to have something back. Like if I could have did that for my ears, I would have done it, but I couldn't. So I had to get prosthetic ears. With my nose, um, I'm not, I wasn't able to use my own cartilage. Cartilage is kind of like not trying to be gross. Do you know the gristle that's on the end of like chicken or that's in between each rib and the rib tips? You're eating rib tips, you know, that like that clear kind of silicone kind of like gooey thing that you may eat or may not eat. And it's a lot harder than it than it feels like when you're chewing on it because you've eaten it when it when it's had tenderized or when it's been cooked. So it's nice and soft. Um, and it's actually like is edible at the point when you get it on your dinner plate. But when it's still in uh, a living species. It's really, really hard, but can it be moldable? Cartilage can be used to rebuild nasal structures, facial structures, ears. You can use 
the the ridges in your ears is cartilage. When you get your ears pierced, they're piercing through the cartilage in your ears. So if I had ears, I would be able to use parts of my ears to actually rebuild my nose. But um, you can also get cartilage from joints. Um, our joints wear down and we lose we lose the cartilage in our joints. We get arthritis and carpal tunnel, all of that stuff. But um, when you're having a cartilage graft, they take it from your chest or your back because it heals and it, it regenerates. It regenerates not at a fast rate, kind of feels like you have a broken rib when you have the surgery, but it does heal. You may feel lumpiness in that area, but it does heal. And, and it doesn't cause much of a risk besides like infections and maybe a blood clot. But um, otherwise, it's, it's relatively safe surgery if you have the right hands. And I've tried three times to have the um, cartilage taken from myself to be used to build my nose, which would help my nose last longer and it would help it regenerate. Uh, because every day that we're alive, our cells are degenerating and regenerating. And at a certain at a certain point, they they kind of degenerate, they kind of die faster than they're um they're giving birth to new cells. But when you get cartilage from a cadaver, someone who's already deceased and has donated their body to medical science, they're cells in their cartilage is actually already at the point where they degenerate fast in regeneration. With my own cartilage, my nose wasn't able to survive. I had three staph infections where my nose completely died. And let me tell you this, staph infections are horrible. Losing a part of you, like losing something without your, like, like it's out of your control. Literally, I've lost three noses. I mean, like, I know it's hard for you to gather that, but I, I'm a, I'm a visionary person. I love to imagine things, but let's let's travel together and imagine this. Imagine having a surgery in your nose, and you wake up and your nose is totally white. Now, if you're a, a like. If you're a white person, imagine if your nose is like snow white, like, I mean, like, like beyond your normal complexion and it smells like rotten meat. That's a staph infection. That's a skin staph infection. Staph infections are like skin eating defect infections and they have to remove the whole infected area. And that's the way to get rid of the staph infection. Like there isn't, oh, like take antibiotics and it'll go away. For that kind of infection, you have to destroy the whole, like get rid of the whole area and start over. I've started over it four times. This is my fourth nose. And in nose number four, instead of using my own cartilage, we ended up using cadaver cartilage, which was expected to expire one day. Um, and that's what happened. It's been eight years since I got this nose. Uh, nine years since I got this nose. And um, it's nearly almost all degenerated on the inside. 
it's in pieces. I basically live life with a broken nose. It's the way I can describe it. My nose moves in pieces. When I blow my nose, I feel my nose moving in ways that it shouldn't move. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. Sometimes it hurts to lay on it. It hurts to grab it. It hurts to sit glasses on it. But, um, and it, because it's flat, because it's, it has a compromised structure, and I received some abuse during my, um, my last relationship with my ex-partner, um, that the structure is even more compromised than it was at the time. And so breathing through my nose is really, really hard. And if you're a person that, I'm trying to find the right words to say this, because everyone that's listening to this more than likely has a nose. But if you don't have a nose and you're not able to breathe through your nose, you probably are like me who has who have shallow breaths, who breathes really, really heavy at nighttime because your body is actually decreasing, has decreased oxygen levels throughout the day because your nose Breathing through your nose actually isn't as beneficial as, I mean, breathing through your mouth isn't as beneficial as breathing through your nose. Breathing through your your mouth, the air that's going in isn't being dried up or cooled down. It doesn't have a bit of humidity to it that allows your your lungs to fully soak up the, um, the, the O2 molecules to be able to exhale carbon the way that it's supposed to. You get more oxygen. You feel more refreshed from breathing through your nose because your nose actually heat and cools the air as your body needs it to be. It adds moisture and removes moisture from the air as your body needs it to be so that your body can properly absorb those oxygen molecules so that your body can send that to the muscles, to the blood vessels, so that you can live a long, fulfilling day and purposeful life. But if you have any sort of obstruction up there, you're not receiving the sufficient amount of oxygen levels and oxygen intake that you normally require. And because of my condition and because I'm not able to breathe properly through my nose, I have to put these things in my nose called nasoplasty airways, but we call them nasal trumpets. They look like trumpets that you would use in an orchestra, but they're clear and they hurt. Maybe I'll make a video about them going in and out my nose, but um, I don't want to get banned on TikTok because the time that I took my ears off for you all, I got banned for a nice 24 hours and I got my video taken down. So I've been trying to figure out ways to talk about medical life without being, without disturbing people to where they report my videos. But these are really educational. So if you would like me to share my wake up routine and night routine, then let me know. So I will definitely make a video about it and we can try to see if we don't get banned and don't get taken down because I think it will help someone out there who looks like me and go through a situation like mine. The nasal plathy airways, the, the nasal trumpets help me breathe at night. 
help me breathe without choking or suffocating. They also, because of the way that they open up my nose, they open up my airways, my nasal airways. So they kind of give me a window. Kind of give me a window of how long I'll be able to breathe kind of normally through my nose. Now my nose does um, get stuffy and sometimes it doesn't. So there's days where I can get them in. There's days where I can't. There's days where I've gotten them out, like I've taken them out and I've been able to breathe relatively fine for my nose. But like my nose got stuffy later on and I can't do nothing with it. Um, But they give me a window. They give me a window of like 12 hours or so where I have like the best breathing of my life and I'm able to like. You hear that? Like you hear how constricted that is? Just. That's like how it is. But like, let me, let me, let me grab my nose. Like, like this is me pinching my nose so that my airways are a little bit open. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me do it with, with, um, with it flat. Okay. That's it flat. And then let's do it with it open. Oh my God. That feels so good. Felt so good. Oh, like a hug, like a good hug. Hugs feel good. I love hugs. Definitely getting that breath of fresh air just now. Just felt really good. I felt like a hug. But um, uh, back to the point. So when that twelve hours or so run out, my nose is pretty flat again, and my breathing is really restricted, and I breathe through my mouth a lot. My mouth gets dry a lot. My lips get really dry. But that's my life. So I'm used to it. And my nose hurts sometimes. Sometimes I get headaches through my nose. But I'm used to it all. I'm used to all of this because I know this is how I have to live life. Does it make me hate life sometimes? And I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, it does. It makes me hate certain things. But... I'm not going to let this make me give up. Don't compare your life to me. Don't say that Josh has it worse than me. Then why am I complaining? Everyone has their own tolerance. Something that really freaking hurts you may not freaking hurt me, but hey, it's hurting you. I care about that. I don't want you to ever undermine your own pain because you feel like, oh, I'm not going through the same stuff that Josh is going through. Therefore, I'm fine. No, that that leaves. That's you dismissing what you're going through. I want you to talk about it. I want you to advocate for it. I want you to speak out about it. I want you to be like, damn it. Today sucks. You don't want to know. You want to know why today sucks. Why today sucks, Deborah? Today sucks because just my hand that I broke as a little kid, it's aching right now because it's raining outside. And the plate that they put him on, it's just aching. I don't know how to explain it, but it's aching. Yes, I, I also broke my arm as a kid. Like I'm telling, like I, I was racing a kid on my bike, on my BMX bike, and I won the race. Let's. I got to put that out there. I definitely won the race. It was worth winning. I'll do it all over again. But yeah, I broke my arm at the end of that race. Uh, I was trying to stop and my tires weren't made for the end of the, the end of the race. The end of the race had the gravel 
at the end. And um, even though I beat the boy, I couldn't stop because of my tires were too slick for that. And I flipped and I tried to protect my face so I wouldn't have more surgeries. And I ended up having more surgeries anyway because they had to operate on my arm and my arm was broken for four days. But will I do it again? Oh, yeah. I will. I will definitely do it again if I, if I could. Um, don't underestimate who you are. You, you have the strength that God gave you. God would only present you with things that he knew you could handle, that you can endure. Whether you understand it or not, whether you, you're mad sometimes at him or not about what he's giving you, he knew that you were going to handle it like a champ. One day. He didn't know you was going to handle it the day of as a champ. I didn't handle anything the day of as a champ. But he knew you were going to adjust, you were going to adapt, and you were going to still do the mission that he left, that he, that he gave you. He built me in his image, whether I like it or not. Whether I wake up in the morning looking in the mirror liking my face or not, or if you took a selfie of me and I hated that selfie or not, that's his image. That's not, that's, that's his image. I thank him for that because I have my own beauty. I'm not defined. I don't, I'm not beautiful in a way that society thinks is beautiful. I know that. I know that some people look at me and get really uncomfortable. I've seen that. I've heard it. I've gotten beaten up for it. I've gotten kicked out of parties for it. I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of things for it. Until that one guy that got into a car accident because he was staring at my car window, staring at me driving. I hope you're okay. Hope your family's okay. And I hope you listen to this one day or your kids listen to this. If you told them why you got into a car accident because you weren't paying attention and you let your foot off the gas, me off the brake, you hit that car in front of you. I hope that you're okay and that you know that I'm not the little gremlin that you looked at me like because you, you definitely made me. Made me really sad that day, the way you judged me and the way you were just like nosy in my car. I just felt like someone was staring at me and I looked at you back and then I realized that you were staring at me and then I watched you like pay so close attention by giving me a frowny face because I was driving next to you, beside you, as if I didn't deserve to be there. And you let your foot off the, off the brake and you hit that car, that really, really nice Nissan car in front of you. Um, I hope you're okay. I hope your family's okay. And I hope you've learned from that because I definitely learned a lot about that experience. But I'm beautiful in my own way. Regardless of my, of my health conditions and how it negatively impacts my mental health and how it negatively impacts my relationships and how I navigate life, it doesn't stop me from being the best version that I want to be that I think God wants me to be. I'm a first time college graduate, first in my family to graduate college. I have a business. I am using my story to help others to save their lives. I'm a, two, I'm a suicide survivor. I'm a survivor of two suicide attempts. I'm a survivor of rape, of being raped. I'm a survivor of sexual assault. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I'm a survivor of bullying. I'm a survivor of PTSD. I'm a survivor of depression. 
I'm a survivor of so many different things that I can sit here and list. 61 surgeries, pit bull maulings, racism, discrimination, having a rifle pointed to my head because I was black. Being racially profiled by policemen, being called a monster, being called a zombie, being called Ebola face, being called so many different things from being neglected from having romance in certain parts of my life because people were making fun of me because of the person that I was seeking out with making fun of me. Those things hurt. They hurt a lot. And still sometimes hurt me to this day because I don't understand why I had to endure those things. But I knew that God was there with me. That I wasn't alone. Though I felt alone, though I felt alone those nights that I laid in the bed feeling suicidal. And I felt like I wished that that night I prayed to him and I wished that that night was my last night on earth. And that he did not grant that wish. He granted other wishes that I didn't even ask for. He granted me the next day. He granted me with tomorrow, with trying, with giving me the strength that I needed to do so that I can be the best version I can be tomorrow and be different than I was yesterday. So, so he gave me the strength to be here, to be in this podcast, to be here with you all. He gave me the strength to be in his likeness. And I appreciate that. Because I don't know what the world would be like without me. I don't want to imagine the world like be without me. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to know what my family would be like without me being here in this world. And though I've had days where my suicidal thoughts have rebubbled back up and I've had days where I've struggled, I'd rather keep giving it my all and give up. I can't stop. If I stop, I'm not going to be here. So I have to keep going. I have to keep going. If I stop, I start thinking about all the things that affect me. From the people that didn't love me, from the people that loved me and still hurting me, from the people who didn't know me but choose to give me the, some of the most harm that a person could ever receive, from myself, giving myself my own pain for self-harming. I used to cut myself. I used to bully myself. From all of that, from all of that intrusiveness that I've had in my life, if I give up, if I stop doing what I need to do each and every day, what I desire to do each and every day, I sit there and I think about those things, those intrusive thoughts, those intrusive memories. And I may even let someone inappropriate behavior that occurred in that day affect me for the rest of the day and may make me do things that I'm not proud of. So I know that I have to keep fighting. I have to keep fighting. Tomorrow's worth fighting for. Tomorrow's not worth fighting for alone. Tomorrow's we're fighting for it together. And with God leaving the way and with God holding me and, and even with my name being Joshua, being able to um,
even with my name being Joshua, having one of my favorite Bible verses, I know this is going to be a cliche one, but Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong, be courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed for your for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Even when I'm crying alone at night, he's there with me. And that comforts me. That gives me hope. And I know that something beyond this physical existence is real. I've I got some stories, but I'm not gonna share them right now. But I know that something way more powerful than my, my own soul exists and that it's been there. And I, I pray every single day that, that I can keep doing what I'm doing because I know what I'm doing is saving lives like mine's and like yours. And sharing my story can help someone out there not feel like they are a monster. Let them Help them feel loved. Help them feel appreciated. Help them feel admired. Help them feel like their life is worth fighting for because your life is freaking worth fighting for. I'd rather have you here tomorrow. I'd rather have you here today. I want you to be in the revival where you are loved regardless if you're having a good day or a bad day. Skip all of them people that just want to be there on your good days. Skip all of those. There's 7 billion people in this world. We don't need we don't need the fake people that just want to be there because I'm having a good day because my health issues aren't bothering me today. Be there with me every single day. That's how I know you love me because you can be there regardless of my good and bad days because you love me for me and who I, and who I genuinely am. And regardless of personal characteristics, traits, regardless of your, your race, regardless of your social status, your political status, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of your sexual preference, regardless of your gender, regardless of whether you know yourself or not. And if you're dealing with mental health struggles or you feel like you're the most perfect person in your family. You deserve to be here. You deserve to be here and you deserve a hug even though you don't ask for one. You deserve kindness. You deserve respect. You're feeling chronic pain like me and Adam and so many others. You deserve to be here. And I'm sorry that you have that you have that hand of cards. But you know one thing I can say about that hand of cards that you have? You're playing it to your best of your ability. Because you're not losing. You didn't lose. You're fucking winning. You're winning this game. <laughs> and you're, you're doing it every single day. You might not have one. I don't know if you guys have played like spades, like the card game spades. But even if, you're, if you, you don't have no spades in your hand, but you're still freaking winning. You're winning. You're fighting and you're giving it your all. And that's what matters. All of that effort that you're putting in, it matters. You reaching out, you asking for help, you waking up in the morning and deciding to even just get out of bed is a win. So I know what it's like to just lay there for days. 
Trust me. I know what it's like to do it. I know how tempting it is to do it too. But you've done it. You got off the bed. You wouldn't use the bathroom. You wouldn't brush your teeth. You wouldn't did your hair. Why not even just put socks on? Why not even be clean socks? But you put them on. That's a start. That's a start. That's a start to a beginning. There's always a new chapter awaiting you in your journey. Your book isn't over until God says it's over. A new page is being written. New chapter is being written. Close one chapter and start the next. Leave that relationship that's not supporting you and your health and start the next chapter. Because there's always a new chapter with you. Your story is far from freaking over. You deserve to be here. You are enough. And let me tell you this before you, before you leave. You are loved. There is someone that's going to love you regardless of your health conditions, regardless of who you are, whether you have money or not. Regardless, if you have terminal illness, there is someone who loves you and cares about you. But first, you have to love and care about yourself before you can know what it's like to love and get love from someone else. That... That's the end of my conversation from this healing heart. I love you. I'll talk to you next time. I thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope this episode serves a reminder that your story is far from over. That you have so much to give to this world, to this life. That a new chapter awaits you. I know that you're giving it your all. Please don't give up. If you are currently in crisis or know someone who's in crisis and you're struggling, know that help is available and that there's people out there that want to help you. You can go to admirer.com, A-D-M-I-R-E dot C-O-M. Go to the top and find our self-help page where there's a list of national mental health resources and people who are willing to help and trust me they really do care about helping saving lives like mine and yours i thank you again so much for being here and i thank you again for giving it your all each and every day know that you're not alone in this journey and that together we can choose that love over fear to get through our worries to get through our pain to live for today but also to fight for tomorrow. Bye until next time.